Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion. Championship team. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Going beyond the box score and the diamond, this is the show with the latest news and information on your hometown nine and the entire organization. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Welcome back to Kansas City Kauffman Stadium. Twins and the Royals set to wrap up the series here today. In fact, the Twins are seeking their first three-game sweep at the K since 2010. So a lot at stake here today as the Twins go for the series sweep. I'm Corey Provis. We thank you for joining us. And our guest on our Sunday show is Twins manager Rocco Baldelli. And Rock, so far so good in this series but on this road trip so far winning two out of three at the coliseum and going for the sweep today yep the road trip has gone uh, very well and we've had to work through uh some things we've gotten some players healthy and gotten them back a uh, lot of uh mixing and matching but the boys have been playing very well Speaking of getting guys back, it has been, uh, I guess, uplifting on the injury front. You have been getting guys back on this road trip, and that continues today. You lose Cody Stashak to the injured list, but you get Trevor Larnick back today. Yeah, and Trevor's been doing uh, very well. Went on a rehab assignment to Wichita, uh, played a little bit in the field, uh, got some at-bats, um, says he's feeling very good. We're going to get him right out there right away. We're facing Brady Singer today. Uh, Singer can be uh, you know, tough on righties, especially um, threw the ball well his last time out, so uh, we're going to get Trevor right in the lineup. Yeah, Brady Singer had a great outing against the White Sox, incorporated his changeup quite a bit. He's been doing that his last four starts, including three down at AAA. Also on the injury front, you get Bailey Ober back today. He made one rehab start uh, before this one here coming back today. How did Bailey throw in that rehab start with the Saints? Yeah, Bailey uh, came out of that start uh, in good shape. We were able to stretch him out pretty good, which was a really uh, – uh, you know, positive thing for us. We need him to give us some length. As as this season goes on, um, we're going to need to lean on our guys maybe a little bit more, our starters. Um, there's a chance we're going to be limited to 13 pitchers on a staff going forward. So uh, all that being said, uh, Bailey's in a good spot to give us a good start. He's been throwing the ball well. His groin is 
has healed up pretty well. Uh, he said he's feeling good too. So uh, it is nice to see these guys all kind of returning and, and, and getting them all back healthy at the same time. I'm glad you brought up that date because May 30th is quickly approaching. It's on that date that the cap for pitchers goes from 14 down to 13. So you hit on something a moment ago where you might have to start leaning on your starters, right, a bit more when you get into June and moving beyond that because you're down to 13. Yeah, this is something that I think all major league teams are thinking about a lot. And uh, uh, it doesn't sound like much, you know, just kind of limiting the roster a little bit, moving, uh, you know, a spot to to a position player as opposed to being able to carry the 14 pitchers, which we have been. But, um, you know, in the short spring training, uh, you know, with injuries being up across the board for a lot of reasons, it is nice and it has been nice to carry the extra arm. There's a lot of ways to use that extra arm. The most obvious one is uh, instead of, you know, just having an extra guy to pitch in a game where maybe you're down a little bit uh, and cover some innings. Um, and, and, you know, the, the coverage is important. But, you know, one thing that we're going to have to do is just continue to adjust. And, uh, yes, the starters will have to pick up some of the slack. Um, and, and some of the multi-inning relievers might have to pick up some of the slack, too. Uh, but all that being said, we will, uh, we will continue to, to move on. Whatever rules they give us, we'll, we'll abide by them. You know, something was uh, interesting, you know, looking back at this series stood out to me against the Royals. So far in these two games, you have drawn, the Twins have drawn 12 walks. And of those 12 walks, eight of those guys have scored a run. We were chatting about the Astros series on a recent show, and you admired the way that they were doing that. They were patient, they were taking walks, and it led to runs. So you said you wanted your guys to pay attention to that and take that, learn from it, and, and, and use it to their advantage. Have we seen that this week? I think we have. I think that's exactly what we have seen. It takes a lot of focus and discipline and having the right idea going into a game and then executing it for nine innings. Um, I think our guys have, have been able to pull that off. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the ballpark we're playing in right now. And, and to be honest, the, the, it hasn't really warmed up to the extent where it normally does in KC. Really, we are just looking for base runners right now. The way to win a ball game, I think, in this ballpark is you come out, you get guys on base, you might have to hit a double, uh, you might have to go uh, you know, back-to-back singles or something along those lines. You've got to hit the ball on a line right now because it's very difficult to hit the ball out of the ballpark. So those walks are becoming a very important part of what we're doing, and I'd love to see more of it. Walking, but also laying down sack bunts. Have the guys been on their own when when they have chosen to get that bunt down to move a runner over? Yeah, we're a big sack bunt team. Uh, that's that's what we do, um, apparently. But uh, some of the uh, bunts that we put down were our players uh, making some baseball plays on their own. But some of them came from the dugout and uh, uh, were just uh, typical, you know, sack bunts the way we know them. Um, but we are going to have to move some runners at times. Um, I think some of this is a little bit more the baseball climate that we're in, like we just talked about. We, we have to find ways to move runners and score runs and get guys into a good spot where we can score those runs. Um, you know, we've always occasionally put down a sack bunt, uh, but one thing I do know is uh, my dad is very happy when he sees a guy square around and move a runner and put a good bunt down. So I get a few nice texts from him. Uh, which is, uh, you know, something on top of just uh, scoring runs and winning games. Not just your dad. We have this avid, avid listener, this guy named Clinton from Eden Prairie, loving that brand of baseball right now. So he's not, your dad's not alone. So we're, we're seeing that kind of style. There is a certain demographic that's loving that right now. Yeah, let's go, Clinton. Let's go. Let's uh, let's score some runs and uh, 
and win some games. I mean, we'll, we'll put it this way. I like to win games any way possible, uh, and if it has uh, to include a, a sack bunt or two, all the better. In terms of stealing bases, but just moving runners, uh, not so much for straight steals, but with two strikes and two outs. Have you done that more this year than you have in the past? I don't know if it's more than we have in the past, but we've definitely seen a, a fair amount of it lately. Um, there's a little bit that goes into that as far as, uh, you know, it depends who's at the plate. It depends on the situation of the game. Um, you know, pitchers are throwing more breaking balls than really any at any point in the history of the game, uh, even more so with two strikes. So, you know, you add that with, you know, maybe you see uh, Byron Buxton at the plate, you know, down in the count. Um, you know, you take a chance and maybe try to get to, to second base. Uh, if we happen to get thrown out, we maybe reset the at-bat for a guy who's a very good hitter, and there's nothing wrong with resetting an at-bat for Byron Buxton. So there's a lot of reasons for it, um, but uh, I, I think, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with some aggressiveness, too, because, you know, we, we want to be safe as well. We're not just looking to run into uh, an out. We, what we want to do is give ourselves a chance to get to second base. Twins and the Royals game three today. Bailey Ober on the mound for the Twins and Brady Singer opposes for the Royals. We'll take a break on our Sunday show. Come back, talk more about Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa, and dive into the hot topic of Royce Lewis. All coming up, Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, continues next on your home for Twins baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Rocco Baldelli. The lineup today, no Buxton, no Correa. And I was waiting for the, the Sunday show, more of a, a long-form uh, show that we could have this kind of conversation about. In terms of when you give Byron the day off uh, for his knee, what goes into that? Because you look at your lineups. I, I see your desk both here and at Target Field, and you make your lineups days, you know, you project them at least days in advance. But give us some insight into is it matchup driven? Is it opponent driven? Is it the time of the game? What goes into when you are slotting right now in your mind that this is going to be the day that Byron doesn't play? Corey, it's a balance of so many different uh, things. And, um, you know, the first and most important thing is just talking to Byron and talking to any of our players, you know, when it comes down to making decisions about when they play and, and when they don't. And uh, uh, for the most part, I think in a general way to the general way to talk about it would be to say he'd be probably getting a couple of days off a week right now is the way that uh, the way that I see it. You know, that usually comes down to one a series. Um, and it's just it's a it's a good attempt, I think, on our end with the help of our medical staff uh, and a lot of conversation with them, just to keep him going in, the, in a good direction. Um, he has some you know, pretty noticeable, very noticeable tendonitis that he deals with. He deals with some swelling in that knee, uh, and he still grinds through these games. And there are days where uh, he probably shouldn't be out there playing. We, we, we send him out there, um, you know, nothing's ever perfect and we let him go out there and do his thing and he and he does he just wants to play just wants to be on the field so um you know all those things you mentioned and probably many many more uh are factored into when he plays but ultimately we're looking for right now uh about a game a series where he's going to be off his feet and then we allow him to kind of get going and get ready for the next two or three games when he can go out there and play and i will tell you this none of those little side conversations that i have with him uh, are totally easy. He doesn't take it with a smile. He's not happy ever about being 
out of the lineup, but he definitely understands that this is to keep him going in an upward direction. So, you know, maybe we get to the halfway point or maybe we get to the three-quarter way point in the season and we don't have to worry or talk about this anymore. He can just play every day. A question that I've been asked, you know, doing some affiliate shows this week is, okay, we get that in a starting role, but if there's a ninth-inning pinch-hit opportunity, why can't Byron grab a bat in just that spot? If the game is on the line in the ninth inning, why is that a no-go? Yeah, I think that's a reasonable question, but I will tell you this. It takes uh, Buck and, and several of our guys. Sometimes it's usually the older or veteran players, but Buck is in this category right now at least. It would probably take him an hour to 90 minutes of work, physical work, to get himself ready where he can physically go out there and do his job. That being said, um, he probably wouldn't play the next day if he was going to have a scheduled day off, but he ended up having to go in a game. And a lot of times when you have to go in a game, you end up having to go in the field. And then if we play extra innings, he's out there for two or three innings. There's a lot of different things that come up over the course of a day that, you know, we only see what happens and then we only judge, you know, uh, you know, players or decisions on what happens. Well, there's a lot of other scenarios that can come up in any of these games and we have to be prepared for all of them. So uh, we've been pretty strong in, in the case where, uh, you know, we're talking about Buck and when we give him a day right now, um, we're going to give him that day. That way we know the next two or three days that he's planning on pl- that we're planning on playing him, he'll be able to go out there and play. Is that a harder call to make when the team is at home as opposed to when the team is on the road, when he's the number one attraction at Target Field and fans with school letting out here now, they want to come see one of the best players in the game. Do you wrestle with that at all when the team is at home? It's something that I think about, but when it comes to making decisions to win ball games, and ultimately not just the game we're playing, but the games upcoming, um, we have to make hard decisions. We have to make them all the time. So we, we don't want to disappoint anyone. We don't want to disappoint any of our fans. Um, I, I If I were a fan, I would love to come to the ballpark and see Byron Buxton play. I, w- I would be there, and I would be there regularly um, because it's a sight to see. But uh, when it comes to keeping him going and trying to get him ready to go for the whole season and then hopefully you know, playing games at the end of the season that matter, we have to do what we think is right to keep him on the field. Carlos Correa not playing at all today. How has he looked three games back from the injured list with the, with the injured finger? I love what I'm seeing already. Uh, it didn't take him too long to really find himself uh, at the plate. I think he's got a really nice middle-of-the-field approach that he's already uh, – settled into since coming back from the IL uh, and we get uh, our guy at shortstop who just makes all the plays and and uh, makes them uh, effortlessly you know pretty much all the time so uh, very nice to have him back in the lineup um, after playing a couple of games you know little tightness in the legs and uh, and everything we have uh, we're in the middle of that 18 games and 17 day run so we're going to do everything we can to uh, keep our guys feeling fresh. Royce Lewis's name came up a lot in your office this week with how well he was doing and the decision to send him back down. Royce has played some short. He's played some third. He played left field last night. And I want to connect this in this manner with Luis Arise or even Jose Miranda, guys that, that had a position, but then Arise, not much experience playing first, and we've seen him play some first this year. Jose Miranda, primary third, played some first base in the minor leagues this year, but he's kind of learning on the fly that position. So with Royce, you made the decision, okay, he played so well, we have to send him down, move him around a little bit more. But Arise and Miranda, trying out new positions up here, Royce not so much. How come? What's different about all those variables? Yeah, I think um, the variables do matter a lot. 
when you're dealing with uh, a young, very talented, uh, not just a prospect anymore, but a major league player in, in Royce Lewis, um, you want to do everything you can to continue to develop the young player. And you want to give him, we talk about putting guys in positions to succeed uh, and getting guys sufficient work and preparation um, so they're mentally, not just physically, but mentally in the right spot to take the field. Um, I think doing that with a young player like Royce, who hasn't played much baseball truthfully in the last couple of years, would be a very challenging thing to do and almost wouldn't be fair to him to do at the major league level. Uh, the eyeballs are on you, the bright lights, uh, everything that goes on, and, and trying to do that not just with one extra position, but moving him around the field to play several spots, which is what he would have to do if he was here right now, um, I don't think would be the, you know, the, the proper way to manage him. Um, but I do think it allows him to go actually get some work in uh, in St. Paul, um, play a little bit of third base, play a little bit of left field, but continue to play mainly shortstop to get uh, you know the main amount of his reps in. Um, I think that puts him in a better spot. Um, Louis Arias and Miranda. Miranda got a decent amount of work in both pregame uh, and in some actual games uh, before he was ever put in a major league game at first base. Uh, Louis Arias got a lot of work in at first base pregame, you know, early, uh, before we would ever put him in a game at first base. And I think just waking up one day and snapping our fingers and deciding that we're going to play Royce in three other spots is a little bit different of a conversation. And when you told Royce he was going down at Oakland, was part of your message, hey, we're sending you back, but you're not just going to be a shortstop. We're going to move you around. Was he open-minded to that? I think he was, he sounded very open-minded to it. It was something that we discussed. Uh, but I, I did want to be clear with him, and I was, just as I'm, I'm stating again, and I said it earlier in this conversation, he's uh, going to get the vast majority of his time, his reps as at-bats as a shortstop, and then play an occasional game in left field, and then play an occasional game at third base, uh, because we are developing a middle-of-the-field guy and a guy that uh, can use all of the work early in the day and game reps uh, in the middle of the field at shortstop. Speaking of uh, first base and Nick Gordon, couldn't help but notice on Friday that Nick was out there taking ground balls at first base. He was using Luisa Rise's first baseman's mitt. How likely is that, that Nick Gordon might get a start at some point here at first base? You know, right now a start is, I would say, possible. Um, but what it allows us to do is mid-game, when we have to make moves and we have to move guys around the field and we pinch hit or we pinch run or something comes up, someone gets hurt, uh, you can move Nick to first base, and I want to be able to move Nick anywhere on the field. I, I really don't think uh, I would limit Nick Gordon versatility-wise at all because he's made uh, and shown us, made adjustments and shown us that he can do almost anything if he spends a little time, puts the work in, and he has a desire to move around the field. This isn't something that we're uh, you know, forcing upon him or having to have hard conversations about. He's eager to learn. He is eager to move around and play really anywhere where he needs to to help contribute to win. All right, we'll take our final break on our Sunday show, come back, and we'll finish our show with some other topics about the game unrelated to the team, per se. We'll have some fun as we wrap up Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer next on your home for Twins Baseball. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's our final segment of Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Rocco Baldelli. You know, couldn't help but notice that the schedule right now is just loaded with divisional play at a stretch of 15 straight games against the Royals and the Tigers. Now, next season, the schedule will look differently. Instead of 19 games against divisional teams, it'll be down to 14. And the Twins will see every team in baseball, AL, NL, at least in some way, a series at Target Field or a series at their ballpark. Looking ahead, do you like that, getting away from all these divisional games? The bulkier season is divisional play. Do you like that it's going to be lessened a bit? I don't even know if I knew that. So uh, that's why I come here for these interviews with uh, Corey Provis. I get all the news from around the world and around the league. So um, I actually enjoy getting around and seeing different teams and seeing different cities. And uh, I do think that it keeps you on your toes. I do think it keeps you uh, sharp. I do think that playing 19 games against divisional teams over the years has become the norm. It's something that we're uh, used to. And when we look at the schedule, we know what's coming. Um, all that being said, I I actually like this. Uh, I think it's going to be good for uh, for every team around the league, it, it exposes you to, to different things too. You're just not seeing the same teams and the same faces all the time. Uh, I think it keeps your staff sharp. I think it keeps the players sharp, and I think it'll be a good thing for baseball. It's going to probably avoid what's going to happen here. You know, this the, these next two weeks, where that Joe Ryan is going to see the same team that he faced in his previous start, and same for Brad Keller and all these guys and Singer and Ober today. So maybe from an advanced standpoint, the coaches, this may be more challenging because they're not going to have the same team as often. But the players, do they get tired of always seeing the same team? And maybe relievers are like, hey, I only got two pitches. This guy just saw me. I I don't have anything else I can come up with here. I do think that that there is, uh, you know, you do get tired out of it a little bit. But I do think that the players, too do a really good job of ignoring things they can't help. There's, you know, there's nothing that we can do about what our schedule looks like. You know, no starter should have to face the same team two or even three times, you know, almost in a row. It's it's very difficult to uh, prepare or sometimes even get your adrenaline going when you're seeing the same guys all the time. So the, the you know, the, the, the new snapshot of a new stadium and uh, showing up to a new place and facing new hitters, uh, I do think keeps guys going. Uh, we are in the middle of one of these runs right now. There's there's no way around that. Um, but, uh, you know, our guys do focus and get it done. But as you just said, our um, our prep guys, our R&D guys, our guys that do great work for us, that uh, uh, prepare us for every series, we're able to get them, you know, one or two series a year off right now for three days in the middle of a season where they can actually get a chance to rest and go home. Uh, next year's schedule is probably going to put a damper on that. We won't talk to them about that yet, though. We're going to give that a little time. All right, Rock, I always appreciate the time on these Sunday shows. Thanks so much for joining us. Good luck today. And, again, the Twins have not swept the Royals at the K since 2010. Get it done today. The Royals play us tough, so we got to be ready to go. But uh, we'll give it a go uh, today out there. Let's do it. Rocco Baldelli, stay tuned. Chris is standing by. Today's pregame show is next on your home. For Minnesota Twins Baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made.
This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.